What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, they're also proud CSU alums and longtime DNVR members. They're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage to be your largest debt, They believe it's vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. More importantly, get set up with a free consultation and discuss all of your options. Guys, I'm telling you, if you're wondering if the rates are as good as you're hearing, you need to call them. These are some incredible rates. Mike and Virginia are there to make refinance, make the entire process as simple as possible, but they know that it's not for everyone. They're going to run a quick analysis and honestly let you know whether refinancing might be the right option for you. Visit dnvrmortgage.com. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Word, how is everybody doing? It is Sunday evening when I am recording this, late Sunday evening, later than I intended. But that's what happens when you spend all day watching football, all weekend watching football, if we're being honest. It was it was a really fun weekend of, of just being lazy, sitting on the couch and taking it all in. I'm kind of trying to enjoy these next couple of weekends of college football and the NFL, obviously, but just before the Mountain West and Pac-12 get back into action. And obviously, you know, my life is going to pick up a lot more. I mean, they're technically already in action if you if you count training camp. But just given that we're not, you know, we're not really there every day, at least at this point yet, it, it doesn't really feel like a, a normal training camp. So, you know, I'm just trying to soak it all in, enjoy it all, just kind of appreciate the fact that I get to watch some of these games that I wouldn't, you know, normally get to watch a lot of times, especially with SEC games and and how they end up overlapping. You know, a lot of the times I have to record them, watch them the next day or, or late after the CSU game. And, and that's always fine. I don't care. You get to skip all the commercials. The scores always get ruined for me because of Twitter. I, <laughs> I, I gave up on trying to, to not have them spoiled a long time ago. But long story short, I'm just trying to enjoy all this. And, and so far I have. And, and today, you know, we're just going to do kind of a recap of, of what's happening around the college football scene. And then at the end of the podcast, also going to go over how the next level Rams fared today. I wouldn't say that it was quite as dominant of a showing as it was for next level Rams or former CSU players in week three. But week four was still pretty solid for former CSU players. Couple guys got a couple of wins. Tampa Bay in particular had a really exciting comeback win. The Dallas Cleveland game was tremendous. So there's going to be plenty to talk about. I think it's going to be a fun show for all you football fans out there, all you football freaks. Going to talk hoops a little bit this week, but definitely lean in football here on Sunday because, you know, it makes sense. Sunday is football day. Always will be. I mean, Saturday is too if you're into college football. Let's be honest. I could watch football any day of the week, but plenty to talk about. Let's just jump right into it and start 
with all of the exciting, you know, takeaways, uh, exciting takeaways. Let's just start with all the takeaways from this college football Saturday. It was a pretty interesting day. A lot of really good games, a couple of surprising results. So let's just go through it real quick. Starting things off with the Big 12, which essentially is already eliminated from playoff contention at this point. The jokes online were tremendous. You know, I, th- I think my favorite was probably the the Pac-12 or the, the Big 12 was just the Pac-12 with better PR. Or that, you know, the, the Big 12 commissioners are already filing in the paperwork to try and cancel the season now. Now that Oklahoma and Texas have basically, you know, already uh, already screwed themselves out of playoff contention. Oklahoma back-to-back losses, man. They lost to two good teams. Don't get me wrong. You know, Iowa State, Kansas State, pair of really competitive programs, two teams that I've talked about, smaller schools that you should kind of try and aim to be if you're a program like CSU, two schools that have been thorns in the sides of the bigger programs. I mean, Iowa State's a pretty big, pretty big program, much bigger than Kansas State, in my opinion. But it was, uh, it was interesting to just see how Oklahoma looked so rattled and, and, no, no irony intended there with their quarterback being Spencer Rattler, who I, I'll say real quick, you know, he is he has not looked good the last couple of weeks. Definitely has not lived up to the massive, absurd expectations that there were for him as, you know, the five star guy, number one QB in the country, following a couple of Heisman QBs, Lincoln Riley, the QB whisper, all of that huge, huge pressure. Maybe cool off on some of the hot takes before you immediately call him a bust. You know, I saw somebody tweet that he's basically just another Tate Martell. All right now, you know, let's let's chill out a little bit. He's a freshman and he lost two conference games early in his career. Not the end of the world. Let's see how he responds, you know, moving forward as well as, you know, f- throughout the rest of his career. I'm just saying, it's a little early to be, you know, calling the dude a bust already. You know, that being said, I will say now that that OU's lost back-to-back games, it's essentially impossible for them to to come back and and you know put themselves in in playoff contention. I just it, it's hard enough to sneak into the playoff with two losses in a regular year when you don't even have non conference games to you know boost up your resume. Your only non conference game was Missouri State. That's that's not exactly going to help their cause, even if they do win out. At this point, I'd I'd you know I'd I'd write Oklahoma out of the playoff contention, and the same could be could go for Texas, you know. They're they're now 2 and 7 against TCU since TCU joined the conference. That's that's crazy, man. Just to think the Texas brand, you know, the Longhorns 100,000 strong, all of that. And they're 2 and 7 against a former Mountain West program? Yikes. Yikes, they are not back. They're not back at all. I'm a big believer in a winning culture and and certain programs, certain teams having winning culture, you know, things change, players change, assistants change, but the culture remains intact. And a big part of that is having some continuity, especially at the top with your head coach, with your athletic director, even boosters, you know, all that stuff. It, it comes into, you know, it all comes into play. But despite having essentially every advantage in the world. I mean, Texas has unlimited money, all kinds of backing, unlimited support to pursue athletic excellence. You know, let's Texas is a great school. I'm not trying to to downgrade the University of Texas at all. It's a phenomenal school. But, you know, we all know they're they're about football out there. 
There's zero excuses for Texas to have been as mediocre as Texas has been for the last decade with every advantage in the freaking world. Man, tough times to be a Longhorns fan. Tough, tough times. It really just feels like they have a losing culture right now. It just feels like they're one of those, you know, they're not a, they're not a program that's going to go three and nine. You know, they're probably, probably a bowl team on most years, even when they're down, you know, a quote unquote down year for Texas. But they just don't have that killer instinct. They don't seem to have what it takes to, you know, win in the crunch time, to beat the OUs of the world, to even beat the TCUs of the world. Texas Tech gave them a game the week before. I mean, it's just a weird, weird time. And I'm I'm not so sure that, you know, Herman's gonna be safe there a whole lot longer, especially if they lose a couple more games. It's gonna be interesting to see how that all plays out. Big time expectations, big time expectations, and they're not living up to them. Maybe, you know, maybe Gundy and Oklahoma State can make some type of run and, and salvage the year for the Big 12. They're the only undefeated team at this point. I don't see it, though. That defense is just too suspect. They're, they're not going to be consistent enough to beat some of those great programs, I don't think. Tough time for the Big 12. I, I love the Big 12, so I'm kind of bummed about it. I just think it's a fun conference to watch. I like when it's relevant. Not a Texas fan or an OU fan by any means. I just think that it's fun to have the conference be relevant. You know, I grew up watching all of those classic Big 12 matchups. I got a lot of family in Kansas, a lot of, you know, family that's K-State fans. You know, I got a lot of family that's Buffs fans. So I, I you know, I, I just, I grew up watching the Big 12. It's, I think it's good when, I think it's good for college football when the Big 12 is relevant. Speaking of, you know, relevancy and, and you know, just reigning supreme though, the SEC is is definitely the best league, and I you know I know that always gets eye rolls every year. The SEC is basically the best, but Bama and Georgia just look like they're on another level right now. Clemson looks phenomenal too, but you know other than Clemson, I think it's Bama, Georgia, and essentially everybody else. You know I I do think Ohio State and, and some of the other Big Ten teams are going to shake things up in a couple of weeks. Maybe Oregon, you know, maybe USC or somebody can, you know, work their way into the mix as well. But man, the SEC is deep. I, I got to watch a lot of SEC football this Saturday. I was in heaven, not even going to lie. I was in heaven. It was awesome. I think a lot of CSU fans were tuned into that South Carolina-Florida game, the early matchup on Saturday. And it didn't disappoint. You know, South Carolina was in it. They had so many drops, man. So many drops in the first half. And I actually tweeted out, you know, I think Colin had better wide receivers in Fort Collins and. I don't really think that's a hot take at this point, just watching him in action. I mean, CSU's got a legit receiving core. And that group at South Carolina is very meh. A lot of easy drops. Drops that Dante wouldn't have made. McCullough, you know, he would have come up with some of those catches. Warren, obviously. Grass isn't always greener. <laughs> just kidding, man. Not even going to get into that when it comes to Colin and all that stuff. But it was, you know, good to see him. Good to see him, you know, make strong throws. Typical, you know, Bobo looked really great on the first drive, scripted drive. Nobody's better at that stuff. What what everybody was talking about, though, obviously at the end was just the absurdity of how slow South Carolina moved in the fourth quarter. You know, they're down 14 and they they have a drive that basically takes up eight minutes and then they turn it over on downs, don't even get points out of it. Yikes, man. Yikes. That's 
that's kind of the, what the Bobo's biggest critics, you know, always came after him for. Yes, you dominate possession. Yes, you control the ball for the most part, but you can't find ways to finish. And then it ends up costing you, you know, not the, not the super hot start that South Carolina was looking for. We'll see, you know, Will Muschamp, he could be on the, he could be on the hot seat moving forward. And then, you know, who knows what type of job security Bobo would have after this. So going to be interesting to see what, how, how South Carolina plays it out. They've looked competitive in both games. You know, they had a chance to beat Tennessee. They sort of had a chance to beat Florida. I think Florida was the better team, but they were in it for sure. Now that they've lost two games, are they going to be really dejected or are they going to respond? It's, it's going to be interesting, but it's going to be big for Colin. It's going to be big for his draft stock. And I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to see how it all plays out. You know, getting, getting back on track. And in terms of the true contenders right now, I think, it's, I think it's Alabama and Georgia than everybody else, the way that they were able to just really dominate good teams. I mean, Bama just working number 13 A&M and, and Georgia just, man, did they beat down Auburn. It was ugly. And, and I thought this Auburn team was going to be pretty good. I still do. I'm not, I'm not, you know, giving up on them just yet. I don't want to get into the hot take game, but Bama and Georgia, man, they look deep. I do think Florida and Tennessee are really good. I think they're going to be able to contend with anyone. You know, I just talked about South Carolina. Obviously, you can't sleep on LSU. You know, I talked about it. I said they were going to cover that 21-point spread. They did. Go Tigers. Mississippi State, you know, they they have the capability to show up. But talk about the Mike Leach experience, man. You upset LSU on the road in week one. And then you lose. It's just, oh, God. You just lose such a winnable game to Arkansas. What are you doing, Leach? What are you doing, Mississippi State? But the SEC is going to be a lot of fun. The, the road to the college football playoff definitely goes through the SEC. All right, I'm going to move on and talk next level Rams in just a second. Before I do, though, I did want to talk just a little bit of G5 football since, you know, we are in the Mountain West. And it, it's, it's not going to be what CSU fans want to hear. But I think Boise State is going to have a really, really strong chance to contend for a New Year's Six Bowl. At least based on what I've seen so far and, and based on what I know about that Boise State roster, I feel that Boise State is one of the best, if not top two, you know, G5 teams in the country this year. Cincinnati is really strong. You know, they're, they have a you know, pretty good chance to win out. So maybe Cincinnati can, can sneak in there instead. I do think SMU is really legit as well. They have great athletes, great team speed on offense and defense. A really fun team to watch. If you're looking just for a random team to watch, check out SMU. I, I suppose Memphis is still in the running as well. They're, they're a really athletic team. I do think that loss to SMU this past weekend is really going to hurt them in terms of contending for that New Year's Six Bowl. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting for Boise State because they're going to come in there hungry thinking they've got a chance at it. And I'm going to be curious, you know, who in the Mountain West can potentially play spoilers. I don't think expectations were very high for Air Force, just given that how many players they were going to be missing this year. Man, they came out and beat the living hell out of Navy. Absolutely clobbered them. You know, Wyoming, they, they return a lot of guys. They've got a lot of experience, but what are they going to be able to do offensively? Can they put enough points on the board to keep up with Boise? I'm not sure. CSU, you know, can you stop Boise? CSU scored on Boise the last couple of years. They just haven't really been able to slow them down in the key moments. The, the games have had, they've been a lot more competitive over the last five years, but 
man, it would be it'd be fun to watch the Rams play spoilers this year or potentially, you know, even contend for New Year's Six Bowl themselves. Who knows? You know, I don't want to put those type of lofty statements out there right now, especially before we've ever even seen them play. But who knows? You know, they, they do have a lot of talent. I've, I've talked this team up quite a bit, so I, I don't want to act like it would be impossible. I don't think that's the case. Certainly not likely, but not impossible. Anyways, you know, it's it's a fun time to be a college football fan. There's a lot of action to take in. I recommend that everybody, you know, just take in these games. I know we're all pumped for the Mountain West, and and especially before when it, when it was a situation where the Mountain West wasn't going to play, it, it did feel kind of weird to watch college football a little bit. I don't know. I just kind of felt like, you know, the wallflower and... I always think of that scene in Greece where they're at the dance and it flashes on the the people pouting in the corner. You know, the girls with their arms crossed and the guys with their hands in their pockets just kind of tapping the floor. You know, everybody wants to be the cool kid. Everybody wants to be the kid out there dancing on the floor. And when the Mountain West was sitting at home, we were just, you know, we were those wallflowers. But we'll, we'll be back, back sooner than we know it. I can't believe how fast this season is sneaking up on us. Really, really looking forward to that October 24th day. New Mexico, trying to make it 11 straight wins. Crazy. Craziness. All right, let's talk a little bit of NFL now. We've talked college for close to 15 minutes now, so it seems about time to transition. Before we do, though, a quick word from our partners. Week three of football is in the books, and now is the time to review the tape and get ready for week four. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 4, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right, you can place a $1 bet on any team. If that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? Don't worry, though. Football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving all basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week four, bet $1, and win $100 if they win. That's bet $1 to win $100 when you sign up using the promo code DNVR. That's right, sign up with the promo code DNVR and turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Profit boost terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Word, 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 word. All right, y'all. I was going to do the next level Rams update on this podcast, but on second thought, I am actually going to push that to tomorrow. There's, I don't know if there's a car accident or what. I live off of shields, but there's all kinds of sirens and just crazy noise outside. I'm going to have to be able to edit it out over this last minute, but uh, it's just going to make that segment pretty tough. So 
We will be back tomorrow with more Rams content. Thank you to everybody that continues support to support everything we do. Make sure you check out the website to keep up to date with all things CSU Rams. Stay safe out there, y'all. We love you. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.